Hello and welcome to Money Purpose Live. Money Purpose is a series of interviews with over 20 experts that have mastered tools and strategies which led them to their financial success. What wealth creators, fire experts, money coaches have done differently to have the right money mindset and create more money during COVID-19. In this series, you will gain the most relevant insights and strategies to help you pivot or thrive through current challenging times. The Money Purpose series was created by Blossom Media Studio to empower you to take control of your finances. Now let's get right. Today we have Christine Tay, who is an IRS enrolled agent and a finance coach and certified money coach. She loves helping people feel more at ease about their finances by teaching them how to get out of debt, how to budget and learn investments, as well as assisting people with their retirement and tax planning. Now let's welcome Christine to the show and let's get right on with this episode. So welcome, Christine, and I'm so excited for you to be with us today. Yeah, thank you, Mimi. I'm so honored that you reach out to me to, to be your guest. So it's really great getting to know you. Yeah, and um, I'm so excited that we can have this conversation today. I know through just following your journey, you have helped a lot of people to break their mindset around money and fear around money and just uh, understanding the complicated stuff more in easier ways. So I'm super excited for our audience to learn from you and just know your wisdom and for many of you guys that have not been following Christine, she's um, a money queen. She's a money coach. She's also helped people with um, their taxes and just uh, coach them how they can pay off their debt, figure out their finances, and eventually go to the path where they can build financial independence and feel not so tied up with their money all the time. And I love uh, following her journey and read her just motivational posts around money and just how she speak about money, that it is spiritual, that there are certain things that you can do to attract money. So I'm excited for all of you guys to tune in and yeah. So share with us a little bit about the journey. How did you get here and why you call yourself a money queen? <laughs> Well, first of all, I didn't call myself a money queen. It was actually my, one of my audience on LinkedIn gave me that title because she's like, you're the money queen. And I'm like, and then like people said, yeah, that's cool. And then I said, oh, maybe I should just update my headline to money queen. They're like, yeah, no, do it this. So I'm like, no, okay, but you sure. own it. Like you own it, yeah. right? It's yeah. not, it's either people call you that or you have chosen to do that. But the title is one thing, but your action that tied to that title is different. So you totally own it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So how I got to this journey is that, um, so, um, yeah, I was in corporate world all my life and then like I majored in computer science. So I, I was born and raised in the Philippines. Yeah. You're like, yeah, what? That's why I understand when your husband, like he, he hates coding. Yeah. I really don't like coding either. So, but anyway, like, long story short was that, um, you graduate the age of 16 in the Philippines. We have no two years of middle school. So when you're 16 going to college, what do you know about what you want to major? Even people in their twenties, thirties, they don't even know what to major, right? right. They're like, so I asked my aunt, she was here in the United States. I was like, what should I major on? I don't know what I want to do. And then she's like, just major in computer science. Cause like you, you always get a job in computer science. So I was like, 
okay, sure, whatever, because I don't know anything else, right? So I said, okay, so I major in computer science, and I um, then I got the letter to immigrate here in the, into mm-hmm. America. So we were petitioned. It took us a very long time. So I, you know, I said, you know, whatever. I, I haven't finished my undergrad yet, but it was always my, my dream to come to the U.S. So I forgot about, you know, I just let my school go for a bit. I immigrated here. And then I was working for the first year, you know, I was doing data entry. I was working like 40, 50 hours a week. And because you can't go to school anyway, as a non-immigrant, well, I can, but it was like $100 a unit. So for mm-hmm. a 20-year-old, that was a lot of money. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to work for one year till I get my residency, then I'm only paying like $10 a unit. So that's what I did. And then, um, you know, then fast forward, I finished my degree. I was working full-time and studying at night. Finally, when I got my degree, I got my first official job in the data analytics field that related to computer science. So I was in the data analytics field for like 10 years. It was a long time. Yeah, but then like, you know, like I was just going back and forth and then there comes a time where you're like, is this really what I want to do? Like I was, there's always this nagging feeling. You're like, this doesn't really fulfill me, but you kind of just push it on the side because then, you know, like I was enjoying my life. I was just working nine to five making money and just living my life after work. So that was kind of my life for a long time. But then like you came to the point where like, you're spending 40 or more hours at work. You gotta like what you're doing. And then it's like meaningless, right? You know, going to work Monday to Friday, you know, you enjoy your life Saturday, Sunday. So I think in 2016, um, I had a big breakup. So that was kind of like a catalyst for me. Like it was a big heartbreak for me. Um, so I, I hired a life coach and then she was telling me, you know, um, cause like I was, telling her, yeah, I'm not really happy with my career, whatever. So she encouraged me, you know, she realized that, um, you know, I love personal finance. I've always loved money. I've always been interested in money. I don't know, I've always just enjoyed it, learning about it. She's like, why don't you be a financial coach? Because you're like, just really good at it. Like, it's like your gift. And I'm like, who's going to pay me to do financial coaching? Like, <laughs> like all my friends, like the friends I hang out with, I think you kind of attract the same types of people. Yeah. Like, they're all very good with money. Like, I oh. never see them like, in debt or whatever but they're mostly like kind of you know not to generalize but they're asian friends that are attracted so they're generally very good with money right so i haven't had you know but i mean now i have other types of friends now but in the beginning like though i seem to just attract those kind of friends so so yeah and then like so i started my business officially september 2016 and then i did it for free for my friends first and then so that way i can start having reviews and experience and see if i like it then after five sessions, and then uh, I was like, well, I really do like this. So I started offering it at a paid, but it was at a much cheaper per hour session because I just wanted to try it out. So I got my first official client also that month, like September or October, like one of those. Like, but yeah, it was pretty immediate. I was like, wow, you know, like your first paycheck doing what you love. It was like <laughs> the most exciting thing on your PayPal. I was like, wow. This is yeah. awesome. it wasn't, even though it wasn't that much, but you're like, wow, I got paid. So then slowly I started getting clients, maybe like one or two clients a month. And I was still working full time. And then, then later on, after a year, I was like, you know what? I really want to quit my job now. And then like, but then again, it's like, uh, I wasn't ready to like, oh yeah, can I survive this? Like, you know, and I wasn't ready to quit my six figure salary, my stable job. So then I decided, you know what? Why don't, why don't I just stick around first and then see how it goes. But then let's see if I switch career. So I switched career from data analytics to corporate finance. Mm. But then it was corporate FP&A, financial planning and analysis. So I was dealing with forecasting, budgeting, but at the corporate level, the billions of dollars, right? 
So it's, it's nothing like personal finance. It's very different. Um, but even the sort of the philosophy is the same with budgeting and forecasting, actuals versus budget. But yeah, so I did that for a year. Like I was very excited for a year. I was like, wow, new department, new everything. You're learning something new. You know, the excitement. Mm-hmm. Then after a year, my boss who hired me at the job because I was transitioning. It was the same company, but they, I was just transitioning. So I liked that boss, but he left, right? And after he left, like I literally was like, I had like three different managers after him because like, they would keep reorg, doing reorg, right? So I got tired of it. I was like, every time you have a new manager, you have to readjust a new manager. Yeah. You know, it's always like about pleasing your boss. Like, you know, end of the day, like corporate, there's always a hierarchy. There's like an, you know, an subconscious way, like you, you just get treated differently based on yeah. your title. And I really didn't like that. I really didn't like any of that. And then finally I said, you know what? I'm just going to quit my job and then see how it goes. But that was like two years later because like I started in 2016, a year later, I wanted to quit my job, but I switched careers. So that was like two years later. So I said last year, I said, you know what? I'm going to have a game plan to quit my job. And then mm. I wasn't even making enough to sustain it. Although like I, I had a brand already, but I wasn't making enough. So I was like, oh my gosh, should I try this? I was so afraid. I kept looking at my budget, but I did my retirement planning. I talked to several people who's in the, um, you know, who's a business coach and well, they, they're very supportive. Like on Facebook, there's entrepreneur group everywhere, right? You can pretty much find any type of Facebook group. So yeah, they're very supportive. Like several talked to me and then they were just like so nice. They're like, you know what, you know, change your, um, you need to change your um, packages, your service offering, your pricing. Because I like, you cannot survive some paper session because then you're going to need what, 20, 30, whatever clients. And that's just not sustainable. So I changed it to those mainly packages. So now I can, you know, I can pretty much, um, I only need like, you know, now that I'm in Vegas, I only need like two clients a month now, two new clients. So before it was like four new clients in Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, but now in Vegas, it's going to be much cheaper. So yeah, it's like totally doable. There's like so many people, right, in this world. So yeah, that was May of last year, 2019. So I quit my job and then, yeah, I've been fortunate that I actually been profitable since I quit. So month one, I was profitable, but July was the only month it was not profitable, but because it was summer and then, you know, last year was COVID, non-pre-COVID time. So people were taking vacation. They're not thinking about hiring coaches during the summer. So, so that was like other coaches told me the same thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, summer is usually slow for them too. So, so that was my first month being negative. And then, yeah, so it's just, it's just been a dream come true. Like, I just love like, you know, running my own schedule. I used to be a workaholic too. Like I was working every day. My session was open Monday to Sunday, seven days a week. And then later on, you come to a point in time, you're like, yeah, I need a one day break where I'm not talking to anyone. So, so I, then I, I blocked my Sunday, right? So now that I'm in Vegas, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll block half of my Saturday too. So, so now I'm blocking like the second half of my Saturday and Sunday and then working the rest of the week. So, so I'm slowly trying to have a more balanced time because I realized when I quit my job, when I was working in corporation, like I, and I was doing this on the side, I had more time to do hobbies. It was just yeah. funny that I'm a full-time entrepreneur. You're just so much more into it. You're like working, like even sometimes I'm emailing at midnight and then like, I don't have much time for hobbies. So, so I was mm. like, I need to get back into my hobbies again. So, so it's like a gradual process right now. I'm more comfortable. Then I'm going to go back to having more strict time frame so I can do other stuff like non-work related stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, that's the pretty part about being an entrepreneur. You can make your own schedule, but 
obviously you have to grow on yourself. There's no boss that will tell you like you have to go home. You cannot work overtime. I don't want you to pay you overtime because <laughs> they're not paying you anyways. So that's the pretty part and not too pretty part about being. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I would say I would commend you for just really stepping out of faith and doing all those things and really believing in yourself that you can do it. And obviously with the help with, of other people mm-hmm. um, and speaking of you sharing your story about being young and not knowing where you want to go and what major, and then you ask other people. And back that time, your aunt told you certain things and then you just follow, but gone through all, through all of that that you've gone through, for the audience that is watching us, there's a lot of millennials and Generation Z or even people that are transitioning from one job to another. Mm-hmm. What would be the one maybe encouragement word that you want to let them know with the choices that they need to make? And especially now during COVID time, a lot of kids don't know if they should go to school because schools are online and closed. A lot of other kids are graduating uh, high school and they don't know if they should be going even to college or just go work. And even the kids that want to find a job, it's not that easy to find a job. Mm -hmm. So what would be one word of encouragement? Because obviously fear of not making money, it's behind Mm -hmm. of everyone's head. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, so let's say you got, you just got out of high school. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a supporter of higher education. So I think if, if you can afford to go to college and then um, I think you should go. But at the same time, if, if you, if there's pros and cons, right? I was working full time, I was going to school at night. So that's why it took me longer. So I think if you want to do that, you can, because then there's a lot of valuable life skills that goes with that. Then you can get to know yourself more. Cause like, so here's the, the worst thing you can do is that you go to undergrad, then you go to law school or, you go, and then the, or directly to medical school or like, and then later you end up realizing, oh, I hate being a lawyer or I hate being a doctor. And then now you have a six-figure student loans. So, so because a lot of people, they don't even know themselves, right? Even though it might right. take them until they're in their 30s. So, so I think, um, you know, you can work, you can make money and then get to know yourself more and then just go to school at night. There's nothing wrong with that unless you really mm. want the well, right now you can't even live at the dorm, right? Because it's online anyway. So, so, so I think I think actually right now is the best time for you to actually just work full time and take online classes at night. So I think that might be better, more financially better. And then there's a lot of online degrees is actually a lot cheaper now. Like I know, um, I forgot the name of that. Like I interviewed someone on my guest uh, LinkedIn Live, and then. He's the president of the university. He was saying the MBA program is like ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So it, there's a lot of um, option right now. So don't be like kid cared about this bling bling whatever. Oh yeah, you gotta go to this like Ivy League school and it's gonna cost you a lot of money. But sometimes you don't even need that because at the end of the day, I think it's really about you, your hard work. So yeah. my my advice to people is just like um, just know that um, when you go to school, you have to you have to make a decision based on ROI, return on investment. It's almost like a business decision. Like mm-hmm. this going to school, if you're going to pay 20 grand, like how much is that going to give back to you? Because, mm-hmm. and then also know, uh, also you have to really know yourself. Do you really know what you want? Is this really what you want? If you don't even know what you want, then maybe it's valuable to just work, work full time. as something that you enjoy and then go to like, you know, school at night. And then while you figure things out, what you really like to do. Yeah. yeah, then that way, 
because like the first two years of your college is really mostly just the prerequisite and other stuff, right? And then the last two years is whatever you need for your, um, you know, for your major. So you don't even have to declare major the first two years. And then, so you can do it that way, but just be very careful before you go to grad school. I think you have to come to a point when you, you know yourself and then you kind of know this is what you want because you don't want to waste all that time. Cause I have so many clients where they got so many student loan debt. And then, so they have like six figure student loan debt and then they're not making much like 40, 50 grand. And yeah. it makes you wonder is like, wow, what was the ROI of that? It's like, <laughs> it's like not, you know, so, and then they're pissed off. They're like, wow, I graduate with like 60 K debt. And then like, then like a couple of years later, why is this 80 grand of debt now? Like it just, <laughs> you know, so it's like, because then student loan servicers, they do not help you because the student right. loan servicers and their credit card companies, they don't want you to get out of debt. Okay. They want to keep you in debt so they can continue to make money right. from the interest that you pay because that's a lot of money that you pay in interest. So yeah. More than half, uh, you know, most of the time. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a valuable, very valuable advice and more of like um, perspective that we need to, you know, show the audience just to look at before you make any decision. And I am a supporter of formal education, but I do see that if there are other choices that you already have known that you want to do, then you should embrace it and go and do it while you're still young you know, and people that even do career transition, there are so many things you can learn online. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that nowadays with technology and internet that we have, we can pretty much learn anything Mm -hmm. and reach out to anyone who we want to learn from, which Mm -hmm. speaking of, you are such a super connector and networker on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you have over, I believe, 60,000 followers on there. You have grown your network. You have this podcast on LinkedIn Live. And maybe you can share with us some of the thoughts about networking and, you know, some of your secret sauce of how you were able to build such a network just um, on LinkedIn and how does that benefit you? Because I think that's a lost art that, a lot of people don't look into anymore about building net worth and connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So for LinkedIn, I quit my job May of last year. So I didn't become very active on LinkedIn until October of last year. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, there's really no magic formula. It's all about like, you know, whatever you spend the more, most time on, you're going to generate the most. So social mm. media is really, you have to invest the time and effort. So like I can, I only have so much time to do for LinkedIn and sometimes like I can't even do Instagram too. It's like, so you have to do one or the other or you need to have a system where it just kind of, you know, flows through. But then if you notice like most people, they're usually mainly good at just one platform or they're right. most active in mainly one platform, even though they're everywhere, but you can see they're mainly active on like just one platform because like time-wise, I mean, you can't do that unless you hire a VA, but it's not authentic to me. I like to keep mine my comments, my messaging, I like to keep them authentic. So, so yeah, so to build a balance, like, you know, uh, like I said, so you do have to spend time to engage, to post, to like, and you have to treat LinkedIn like the, um, when you go to an in-person networking event, mm-hmm. so how are you going to network there? So it's about talking to people, like, you know, like just like, you know, just, just like, just, just, just treat LinkedIn as a social media, like an in-person networking. Mm. network you talk to people how are you gonna do that but now it's virtual and then it's by 
it's by typing. So it's, it's, that's the type of mentality you want to think about. Like you're commenting, you're engaging. You know, that's what people say. It's all about engaging. You're engaging with them. You're treating them like, oh, yeah, how would you treat that? Because like, you're like a wallflower. You're just like sitting there and then like, just like, um, you know, you know, you, you know, people viewer, like side, I call them silent stalker. They just like scroll to their feed. But yeah. it's just like when you go to in-person networks, like you're just staring from afar and then just like, <laughs> Just like admiring someone from afar, like that. <laughs> what will that do you, right? So it doesn't do you anything. So, right, so you right. Go and then you talk to people. That's what you go to. That's like in-person mm-hmm. network. Same thing with the social networking. Unless like you don't care, right? You only want to browse, then that's totally up to you. But it really yeah. depends on your goal with social media platform. Yeah, well, I, I think that it's relevant question to the audience to watch that is watching right now is in such time as this, as pandemic, it, Either way, if you choose to learn more or you choose to learn how to invest money or you learn you want to learn and go on the digital space to sell some course or become an entrepreneur, the network that you build online and especially on LinkedIn can be very good return on investment. Those people might not be people that are buying from you, but they might be people that can teach you something. And it's important that we even that it's pandemic is happening, even that we are all locked down at home, we need to still think of going to social networking event as, as something important. Mm-hmm. And I think that for the audience that is trying to do transitioning or is learning about more about money or finances or investing, networking is the best thing you can do. This is how I found you, right? Online and yep, just yep. through... Exactly. Some of my other friends through Ryan, and then I've seen um, some other coaches that have commented on you. I'm like, okay, well, it seems like she is in there, you know, area where people talk about money. People do go to her for advice, so let me talk to her. And by me just connecting with you and genuinely interested and curious about what you yep. do, I've learned so much, right? Like I've learned yep. so many things that you have to say and it's mutual, right? Like if anything I can do and share, it doesn't have to be something like, oh, well, you pay me. So that's why in the beginning I said, I do look up to you from afar and see you as my mentor. Like, okay, well, she's doing this move and this move, right? Like, well, how can I learn and do that? So with now back to, you know, pandemic and money topic um, and the clients that you'll be working with, what is the one money habit that you have taught or advised your clients to change during this pandemic? Well, it's really the foundation of any finances to keep track of your money and mm. with budgeting. You need a budgeting system. And for everyone, if you don't know where to start, I do have an online budgeting course. So it's very affordable. It's online. Just go to my website, tayfinancialcoaching.com. It's under work with me and there's a budgeting course there. So yeah, in case you don't know where to start. So I, I created an online course just so people know where they're gonna be, begin yeah that's awesome so what about the one money habit that you always always recommend people to keep no matter what is happening the end of the world not end of the world you still oh, have to keep well, that habit no uh, just track it. yes track your finances it's about tracking track. no really like you have to know where your money goes like you know like i have so many people like who come because um food meaning like anything you consume food drinks anything that goes inside your mouth they always think that oh yeah i don't spend that much money and then once they start tracking it's usually way over that it's like 
oh my god, I spent a thousand dollars on like the food every month. So so yeah, you you have to track because then I mean if you're not even aware, I mean think about it. like corporation, multi billion dollars. I mean like what's a company about? Companies about making a profit, right? So how do you make a profit? They need to have a budget. The same thing with you. You can think of it like you need to have profit on your personal finance. You need to be on positive cash flow. So it's not literally called profit. The concept is the same. Positive cash flow. If you're not on positive cash flow, you cannot survive. You literally, you're not able to afford your lifestyle. You really have to change your lifestyle. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's like you're, you're going to go broke, you know? Like you're living on like negative or like on your credit card every month. It's just not sustainable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yep. Um. So since you have become a full-time entrepreneur now and you still able to pivot during pandemic and figure out different ways how you can um, sell in digital space by doing courses and maybe offer more coaching programs. What would be one thing that audience can do and learn from you right now so that they can pivot their personal finance or maybe their businesses so that after this pandemic ends, they're actually on another side of finances and not feeling that they have been affected heavily. So you're asking if, um, if they want to be an entrepreneur? Well, in terms of personal finances or entrepreneurship, what they can do to pivot, like to change and do better. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, again, like um, I'm going to say it again. So it's about budgeting. <laughs> so it's really like there's, there's people just don't understand that how foundational that is. Because like, even for me, like I, I have a lot of friends who are like, they're entrepreneurs. They always dream about like, oh, I can just quit my job and then make, make a lot of money. They always think like being an entrepreneur means dollar, dollar, millions of dollars or whatever. It's, it's not the case, you know? It's like sometimes like you might end up being rich and sometimes you might not, but then that's okay. But you need to know like what is your bottom line? Like what kind of life you want to live? It's all about what kind of life you want to live. So I'm all about like looking at a bigger picture. So I know what my bigger picture, right? I like having my own schedule. I like just taking it easy. I like not to keep stressing out about, you know, clients. I like to just go with the flow. So in life, universe is about going with the flow. And then I think you, we all know that, you know, you always hear that go with the flow, go with the flow, right? So you need to really like go with the flow. If, if you're not flowing, you're forcing. Mm. Is that you're flowing or you're forcing? So you always need to ask yourself, like, am I forcing my career? Am mm. I forcing my job? Am I forcing this friendship? Am I forcing this relationship? Because you will know if a friendship just flow, it's just easy, right? If your career is just flowing, it's just like things are just working out. So for me, like, you know, my business is just flowing. It's just like, it's like, I don't even feel like I'm working that hard. I mean, I'm working a lot, but it's like, it's not hard work. You know what? Because it's, it's flowing. It's yeah. going with the flow. When you're going with the flow of the universe of the things, things just fall into place. So I mm. think like, Really just like, um, again, it all goes back to you knowing yourself. Who mm. are you? What makes you happy? Like, you know, going with the flow is like, you're really connected to who you are, what you want to do. You're going with the flow. What, what do I want? You know, you're just like, and then you, you, you really pay attention to that nudges, your intuition. Like, it's just kind of, it's like a GPS, right? Most people don't listen to it, right? So it's like, you just then do it, like, you know, when you're in touch, like, Oh yeah, my GPS intuition telling me to go that route. So you just you just follow that, and then you you realize when you follow that, 
it's just going, you know, like a stream, like June, it's just, it's just smooth. So that's the, the best advice I can get. And then like, just, I think money is really just there to just support a life you want again. So, uh, and then, you know, you, and then it's just like, you know, you have to be happy because then if you have all the money in the world and you're not happy, then like, look at all the celebrities who, who die from suicide or like mm-hmm. who go to drugs and stuff like that. It's like, they have all the money in the world, but they're not happy, you know? So, and I definitely don't want to be in that shoes. I'd rather like, you know, have not a lot of money, but I'm happy, but I have enough. So that's my philosophy. Like mm. I have enough, more than enough to live a life I want. And then like, you know, and then like, and, and money is there to support that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. personal finance is very personal, right? Like yep, everybody exactly. have a yep, different yep. things that they prefer to have. Everybody have a different idea of what is enough everyone has a different idea of priorities and for that reason i created money purpose uh platform where i bring guests and experts in money who have found their flow with money Mm -hmm. who were able to attract those money to really share their perspective on how they see it and how they were able to achieve to Mm -hmm. educate people that are listening right now to learn perspective and maybe pick something here and there to add to their money habit, to yeah. add to their ideas yeah, of yeah, money yeah. so that they can improve their finances, right? Exactly. It can be just a little bit of switching of, you know, two millimeter change that yeah. can goes <laughs> long way. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. for that reason, I'm so grateful that you have been able to come on here. And before we go, um, I don't feel that I have a problem of letting money go but I just don't feel that I'm attracting a lot of money. And then you message me back, well, how are you speaking into it? So maybe you can share a little bit and about it and your idea around how people can speak into that finance, mm-hmm. financial area of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, start being aware of like, what is your attitude around money? What's your money mindset? So let me give you an example. Like, um, like I have a friend, uh, not friend, um, a prospect. Actually, she was my client. Um, so when I was asking her, her like, how do you feel about money and stuff like that? Like, do you think making money is easy? And then she's like, it's like no, I feel like making money is hard. Like you have to put hard work to be able to make money. So she was, she's always been this workaholic, work a lot of longer hours. That's how she feels she deserved the money when she worked hard for it. So I was trying to give her a mantra like, you know, making money is easy, but it doesn't really resonate with her because it doesn't ring true for her. She thinks making money is hard. Well, if you think that way, guess what? Making money will be hard, right? So you're, it will become true. So that's why for me, like I always say, you know, making money is easy. Money is flowing through me easily. Money is like, uh, you know, coming to me from all different places. So, but you have to find a mantra that actually rings true for you. It has to resonate mm. with you. You can't just say stuff and then, and it doesn't resonate with it. It's not, it's not going to come true. It has to vibrate true for you. You have to embrace it. So I had to give her another mantra. So we start working with like, I am learning to make money. You know, I'm learning to, mm-hmm. um, to figure out money coming in easier. So something that actually um, works for her. So we had to start like uh, step one, you know, level one to all the way there. So eventually we want to get to the point where like you're saying, I am rich. I am wealthy. So like when you can embrace that, I am rich, like, and then you actually feel true with that, you know? So I really believe in law of attraction. I use it a lot for myself. I use it for my clients as well. So it, it really does come true. I, I, does, I tell my friends about 
using the mantra, you know, money's flowing to me from everywhere. And they say, wow, it's, it's so cool that, you know, the next day, like, I just got like this, whatever, $10 here and there, or whatever, it just shows up. Like, how did I get that? It's, it, it's really, I mean, it's really impressive. We're living in the mm. universe. Like, we can't see that. We can't see gravity. We can't see air. So we cannot see love attraction, but it's there, you know? It's just mm. like, when you love someone, you cannot see love. You just know it's there. So law of attraction is there. You just cannot see it. So it's just like what you think and what you feel, you are attracting that. So it's not that opposite. It's not like magnet, you opposites attracting. Mm. Law of attraction is about you attracting the same vibration. It's the total mm. opposite of magnet. So it's like, like, for example, let me give you, it's an acquaintance of mine. She, she always thinks that, um, you know, all men are cheap. Like for some reason, like all the whole time I've known her, she always say men are cheap. And then like she always complain during the time when, you know, when if ever she hangs out with, she's a friend of a friend. So, so she's not my friend, but then she's always like, yeah, I went on a date and this man didn't even offer to pay for my dinner. They're so cheap. So she keep on attracting because she keep thinking that. So that's mm. the thing is that then the universe kept giving her men who are quote unquote cheap. So, so because she thinks that too, and then she kept proving herself right. So I think she'll be single forever. She doesn't <laughs> change her story. No. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I hope I, she's I, not watching it right now. I don't <laughs> or think if she is, well, yeah, if she is, she might change her attitude. <laughs> yeah. So I think my point is that yeah, just watch. It's the same concept with money, and then it goes. It's the same concept for everything in life. Just always think about like you know, and we we're human. Like our ego, we always like to prove ourselves right. Like, yeah, I was right. Then of course you're just gonna keep doing that self defeating mm. pattern. So. You have to make a conscious effort to make those changes. Like you like, you know, life always worked out for me. I am always guided. So I always tell that and I'm like, yeah, and then like, you know, it calms me down and then it and then like you you make better decisions too when you're yeah. calm. You know, and then Absolutely. like and I don't know, it's just like magically just things sometimes just work out. Like, you know, somebody come to help or just like new ideas just come to place, but it's because it's from a place of calmness. Yeah. yeah no absolutely and tell us more about your coaching is that um you've told me before that you teach a lot of that with your coaching and you teach people more on spiritual and relationship with money and you mentioned something that you need to respect money mm -hmm. so can you maybe walk us through a little bit you know through your coaching program that's where you talk about those things yeah so so um so for anyone feel free to just schedule time with me you should just go to my website t-e-h financial coaching there's there's uh buttons there to book a complimentary call for with me so basically um i i have very simple pricing either one session four session or eight session so if you come to me if you have um you know debt issues or like money mindset issue you have a lot of traumas from the past you need to heal then i would recommend at least a minimum eight sessions so i kind of i like to think about what i do is that i combine the practical aspect of money which is the budgeting tax planning i'm, a, I'm an enrolled agent so i do ta i'm a tax professional as well so we do tax planning tax education investment education retirement planning so that's all um on the practical side but i also integrate the non-practical which is the emotional side the spiritual stuff so we go through your history. We talk about your emotions. We, we heal what needs to be healed. So, you know, forgiveness is a part of that too. Like, for example, like I have clients, you know, they're pissed off at their, at their parents. Like, what, why do I have student loans? They never saved for my student loans. So it's like, it's very important to let that go to actually forgive your parents because they don't know any better. So we yeah. need to work on that one. So I integrate 
the emotional and the financial piece and I married that too. It's very hard to succeed one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool and it's very different and I think most so a lot of time we have too many emotions around money where we should be treating money more as a tool and not let money you know really make us slaves mm-hmm, but at the yeah. same time we need to respect money and yeah. attract money and speak more respectfully towards it because exactly. i've known i've known people that are poor and not attract a lot of resources or wealth or money but they will always say rich people are mean or rich people are exactly. not yeah. great or exactly. rich people are that's like, why they're not rich because yeah. they think of that. They, you always think rich people are evil, rich people are this, 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 that. How can you become what you hate? Exactly. And right? you're so, probably yeah. already sabotaging yourself, never becoming that because you're exactly. already stopping yourself. Yeah, because you're like, yeah, if I'm going to become rich, I'm going to become like this people I hate. Then you'll never, you, you're going to unconsciously sabotage yourself to not become rich. So that's why I'm all about embrace teaching people to embrace, I am rich, you know, I love money. So it's like, cause like, how can you attract something you don't love? You say, oh, I hate money. Like money's evil, like blah, blah. Then you're going to like, you know, push it away from yourself. and You're pushing it away from your energy field. No, absolutely. And I think a lot of us approach money with fear as well is when we are so fearful about money. Like for me personally, it's more about like, I'm so always scared that, we don't have enough because we never really struggle um, growing up, but we never, we always just had enough. And there's always fear like, oh, I need to yeah. keep or I need to save for the bad day happen, even though bad day never happened, but it's yeah. always fear around it. Yeah. And like you mentioned, as a trauma from the past can yeah. keep us from actually growing outside of our comfort zone mm-hmm. and grow more wealth or yeah. money. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So it's very important how you talk about money, how you think about money. Again, it's all boils down to self-awareness. Like, you know, I think with anything in life, you know, like I just mainly focus on money, but it's pretty much the same concept with anything. Like how you think about dating, how you think about people, how you think about money, you have to pay attention to that because then you are subconsciously programming yourself mm. and then you're subconscious, like making it come true because our mind is so powerful. So we have to be aware. What, what are we talking to our mind about? What are you programming our mind? Yeah, no, absolutely. I do morning, um, I wouldn't say mantra, but more manifestation uh, yeah. about money and just about mm-hmm. the day. I talk about just similar to what you're saying yeah. that I am a resourceful person, that money just comes to me and I don't need to go sick for it because mm-hmm. you know, I have some value that provide people and people mm-hmm. just want yep. to be attracted to me. So that definitely helped. Exactly. I really just want to ask you what is next for you and what the community can expect from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's next for me now uh, well, after I sell down in Vegas, so I told Mimi, I literally just moved here. Uh, I moved from California to Nevada, like just a week, you know, this Monday, past Monday, so it's only a week. So once I settle down, my next I'm going to do, I want to create an online course for financial literacy because not everyone can afford my financial coaching or they're not willing to invest that much money. So I'm going to do a financial literacy course. So at least like people who start working, they can start to grasp you know, the concept, what is financial mm-hmm. literacy? So I'm going to offer that much more affordable price, mm-hmm. but I need to find an online platform. So I'm going to move. I have two courses right now, the LinkedIn course and then the budgeting course. So I'm going to 
move that to a new platform plus the financial literacy. So I'll have those three uh, courses that I'll offer. So that's what's next for me. But I do have my financial coaching always offered there. I have my LinkedIn coaching as well. It's all offered online. But yeah, financial coaching is my main business. Yeah. And is it classes or is it one-on-one or is it group coaching? It's all one-on-one. I don't do group coaching right now because, um, you know, personal finance is very personal. Yeah. So it's very hard to really deep dive into someone's finances if you do group, unless it's just kind of like everyone can kind of share and they want group support. So I, I might get into that later. We'll see. But I'm not feeling cold to do that yet. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, I do love my one-on-one. I, I prefer the one-on-one better for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love our chat. I really want to honor your time and you know let you go about your business and the rest that you have half of your Saturday. <laughs> so, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, go and um, just check out Christine Tay in her website and also her Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, follow her journey. She puts a lot of wisdom about just money and relationship of money that make you like think so that you can potentially change your habits. So super cool stuff. And thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you, Mimi. And have a great weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you.